Thank you for tuning in to The Grammar of Grief with your host, Uma Girish, the show that is dedicated to creating a safe space to discuss the big life questions around grief, loss, death, and dying. Now, here's your host, Uma Girish. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy to be spending this time with you. On today's episode of The Grammar of Grief, I have a very special guest for you. Her name is Christine Penza. Christine is a practicing visual artist whose passion is named Art That Moves. She joyfully runs her successful Ohm for Your Home line of printed textiles and original illustrations from her Toronto studio. Her heart-centered art is available online and in several retail outlets. Christine is also a passionate way-shower. She doesn't like to use the word teacher, sharing art and creativity classes with both children and adults. Christine invites participants of all ages to meet their artist within and embrace their creative heart. She believes that everyone should reclaim their mark, making delight, and love creating safe space in person or online for joy-filled, judgment-free art explorations. To find out more about her work, you can visit www.artthatmoves.ca. Christine is also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find her just by putting in the search words, Art That Moves. Welcome, Christine. So happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. What's so interesting is that your bio, as I read through it, brings up everything that I have to ask you today. So that is just perfect. (laughs) So the first question I have for you is that I hear so many people, and I'm sure you do too, say that they don't have a single creative bone in their body. I'm not a writer. I'm not an artist. I'm not creative. And yet you say we must all embrace the artist within. How do we do that? Well, I think that, um, and talk about grief, I think a lot of people have grief um, from being told as young children um, that being marked on their art making. And so they have this kind of suppression of it. And what I love doing is working with people who suppress that years and years ago, sometimes as early as kindergarten, and bringing that joy, did you think in kindergarten, oh my goodness, this is not good enough for sale as you worked on your finger painting? You didn't. You just embraced the joy of it. And it was a form of expression, like dancing, like singing. Um, you know, we're not all uh, ballerinas or beautiful singers, but that does that mean we should shut down our voice? No. And the art making is part of that expression. Oh, I just love that. So what are some ways in which we can nourish our creative spirit? Because people are so busy, they're caught up in their lives, you know, going to jobs and paying the bills. It's very hard to get off the treadmill of life. What are some ways in which they can, given this busyness of life, nourish their creative spirit? Well, Um, I think a lot, something really easy that I always get people to do right at the beginning is get kind of a junkie journal. It can just be from the dollar store or newsprint sheets. 
and just start to embrace that again grab a box of crayons um, and embrace your child again just start to scribble use both hands like I often have people working draw, close their eyes use their non-dominant hand um, open their eyes use both hands at the same time move and just allow yourself to move with color and line and movement and just enjoy that as a process it doesn't have to be anything special and to be honest I what I use this for in my own um, world is if I'm feeling stuckness in any way I, I have a and you can buy those newsprint sheets for about two dollars um, and I have those in front of me and I just sit down and I just scribble for five or ten minutes and often it opens me up and opens a block in me um, I'm very mindful about whether I'm using uh, a crayon sometimes if I feel like I need to work through resistance the movement of the crayon actually helps you with that because you think of how a crayon moves across the paper as opposed to say a pencil a pencil is going to be much smoother so if you're feeling like I need I need to allow myself to move smoothly today get a pencil um, pick a color mindfully uh, I need some healing of this particular color and I I really encourage people to have a relationship with color and bring color into their life because certain colors affect and it's it's a personal uh, thing and so certain colors affect us and heal us and nurture us beautiful say more about the relationship with color what do you mean by that uh, well I often before I get out of bed first thing in the morning um, I think to myself what color would be great for me today what color and um, I've had this ongoing relationship with pink the last few years. So often the, the answer is pink, but sometimes the day surprises me. Um, today, Uma can see I'm wearing blue. And when I hear that color in the morning, I say, okay, that has a message for me. So um, I'm, as Uma can see, I'm dressed in blue. Um, I'll notice blue. It so happens that today in Toronto is an unseasonably warm day and it's so glorious outside so I'm outside I'm noticing the sky because all the branches are bare but it's 18 degrees Celsius today and so magnificent so I look and I I take a minute to take in blue and it's I know that that color is feeding my soul even if let's say you think in the morning yellow now, maybe you're walking to the subway and you're busy, 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 but you see a, a small yellow flower. Take a moment and just enjoy that. And that is yellow speaking to you. And that is yellow bringing some healing, a moment of peace, a moment of opening into your life. Beautiful. I love that. It's also about being more present to your life. Exactly. Yeah. It's what, what I often say to people is, um, Becoming creative is to become an observer of life. So it, you take these moments and you open up and allow yourself to observe them from the fullness of yourself. 
instead of just hustling by that little yellow flower on the way to Subway and never noticing it. Imagine how that infuses your day. So maybe now you see a coworker is wearing a yellow blouse and you go, hey, and you, you have a big smile for that person. And look how that just opens up your day in ways that you don't expect. Mm, that's beautiful, Christine. So what in your relationship, what in your opinion is the relationship between creativity and grief? Um, well, it, it's interesting. I, was t- I um, just had an experience uh, of a reminder. Um, my mother died uh, 12 years ago, and um, my father is now just moving out of his home. So we're doing a lot of letting go and cleaning out his ho- his home and his space, and uh, he's moving to assisted living. And Um, I had stored a painting that I did, which was called First Painting After My Mother's Death. Very ugly name. And it's full of, it's a woman running and there's things falling down around her. And it was a really, at the time, a really cathartic um, journey for me to to create the painting. Um, And then I didn't want to see it. (laughs) Hmm. So it's been tucked away in my dad's house. And now I, I found it as we were cleaning out and I've brought it home and I've put it up and I'm loving it. Uh, because of course I did the, what was called then the second painting after my mother's death. And that was widely embraced because it was a more celebratory uh, painting, a woman on a mountaintop with her arms sort of flung up and back, if not entirely um, joyful, at least kind of hopeful and moving forward. Mm. Um, This other one is really all about the pain. And for me, what it said was, what a great thing that I was able to express that um, in through painting. Um, And I mean, doesn't matter if you're a painter, you can express these feelings with color, with movement, with line. It, it's not at all something that has to be, Uh, an artist job. Um, But I have welcomed that back and I'm really enjoying looking at it um, every day because I'm, I'm saying, you know what? I remember being there. I remember that journey and I remember all that journey taught me. Um, And, and I know that uh, just create, there's lots of things to do. I mean, I can, I don't know how you feel, but I could walk through, a little creative exercise I thought would be really nice for people. Oh, absolutely. I Is that, that. Do you want it? Are you open to that? I yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I, um, I begin everything and, and this, all you would need for this um, would be a, just a regular piece of paper. Um, like an eight, uh, you know, computer paper would work. It's nice if it's unlined. And then at this point, just a pen or a pencil. Um, And I think given that there's, uh, for me, creativity leads to two ways of um, helping with grief. One is um, the creating a sacred space for yourself. So you create opportunity for yourself to um, sit with your feelings, to come to restore yourself to comfort yourself um, and allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling. 
Uh, and it is a journey. And there are so many layers to it. Um, and then there's all these, I mean, it's not just about death. There's, there's grieving. I mean, I know a lot of us are feeling grief about what's happening around Standing Rock right now. I mean, I'm feeling grief. So it was really good for me to walk through this today because I felt that um, I needed to hold myself and allow myself to express that a little bit. Mm. So I always begin any kind of um, this type of um, sacred art making exercise with uh, kind of a creative visualization. I set the scene for yourself. Perhaps you light a candle, you light incense, you you create a space for yourself. Um, and so if, if you would um, go along with me, maybe we could just do oh, this absolutely. quick. Um, it's a, like, like a little visualization that leads mm -hmm. us into the exercise. Okay. Okay. So um, this, we're going to be creating a grief mandala. Um, and so it's not like the ones that you've seen, but we're just going to softly close our eyes and take a couple of deep, calming breaths. And as you're breathing in, I would like you to imagine your heart space expanding. And as you breathe out, allow any release of discomfort and allow ease to come in. Now I would like you to imagine that your interior space is a beautiful black velvet, this black inky velvet darkness. And this darkness is comforting and loving. So take a breath in and feel how this velvet darkness holds you in complete love and acceptance. And just feel safe and held. Now in your mind's eye, I'm going to have you look up and to the right. And there you're going to see this tiny thread emerging from this loving space that you're in. And I want you to see, feel, or hear what color this tiny soft thread is. And I invite you to imagine that this thread is part of your grief that's been tucked away. It's a soft little thread and it's ready for you to gently, gently pull it towards you with your hand. And take as little or as much of this thread as you want in this moment. Be honest with yourself and be gentle with yourself. Maybe today it's only a teeny tiny piece. Maybe it's a few inches. Maybe it's a foot. Take your own measure in this moment on this day. Allow your hand and a small piece of thread to float down into your lap. And see, hear, or feel what color it is. Ask what feeling or words this thread is representing for you.
Just allow it to come. And if nothing comes, that's okay. Just sit with this piece of thread in your lap and know that its message is still there. And take a lovely deep breath and breathe out again, opening your heart space and feeling ease. And gently open your eyes in your own timing. And imagining, I don't think you have a piece of paper, but I'll walk through what you would do next. Um, So right now I would ask you to think, what piece of my grief came to me in this meditation? And if it was just a color, or if it was a feeling like anger, betrayal, sorrow, or was it a phrase like, I'm so alone, or... um, I I feel unsupported, whatever it is, you're going to, in the center of your paper, draw a circle around an inch or so in diameter and imagine that this circle in the center is part of the thread you have pulled out for healing today. And then you ask yourself, what color should it be? And in this case, you'd Give yourself time to color it in, but if you don't, as we're working through, you could just make a note of what color it might be. And now once you would draw a second circle around your first circle, um, leaving a couple inches. And in this circle, again, you're going to ask for, for a color, but in this case, for instance, you might use purple. So purple could remind you of the wisteria in your favorite park. And then sitting under that wisteria and just being is what you know will help you heal and release this part of your grief. So ask for a color in a place or a space. Uh, You know, for me, always the ocean is healing. So I might draw blue in this. And you don't have to draw a specific thing, but if you wanted to draw waves, for instance, or you wanted to draw your wisteria, feel free to draw it in this space, but it just can be color too. And then you do the same thing uh, with a third circle. And again, you'd uh, ask for something that would help you to heal and release this piece of your grief that you've pulled by the thread. Maybe it's brown because brown represents this lovely tea you make for yourself. So you color it in brown. Or if you wish, you do an image. And then you create as many concentric circles as you need. Um, You'll know. And I would advise that you put this mandala in a place where you can see it for a few days at least. And then that becomes a visual reminder. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take five minutes and sit and have that tea. Or, oh yeah, I can't get to my wisteria, but I'm going to close my eyes because that purple, color purple, I know is healing for me. So I'm just going to close my eyes and breathe for a couple of minutes. And I'm going to think of sitting in that spot. And for me, this is a really lovely 
uh, you keep pulling, keep pulling threads and pull the threads, whatever you need to do. Um, and for me, I like to release the mandalas uh, by burning them. But also people, if you're going through a process, it's often nice to keep it in a journal because maybe you, as we know, there's lots of layers to grief and maybe you come upon another layer where these same colors would be really lovely and healing for you. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, when you said velvety darkness, I found myself in the womb. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 And when that uh, thread, so for me, you said soft thread. For me, it was coarse thread. Ah. And it was a gold, orange kind of a saffron gold kind of a color. Yes. And when it, um, when it landed in my lap, I heard it clearly saying, hold me, love me, heal me. Isn't oh, that what grief beautiful. wants from us? Just that's, acceptance. Yes, I love that. That's beautiful. That's yeah. all grief asks of us. And yes. we push it away so often because we don't like how it feels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is a and great that's example. kind of what we're taught, right? I mean, I think we're, we're really taught to put a good face on, to and and sometimes yes out of self-preservation it's not the appropriate moment to release your grief but uh, as we both know if you don't it's going to come back and bite you in the you know what yeah uh, so you so to to do these to do exercises and to allow yourself time and space to heal i think it's so absolute and for me this is i mean i love doing this and it becomes a physical act and sometimes um, bringing that, you know, we're bringing the invisible into the visible helps to heal because often grief is in that invisible space that we don't access. And so mark making helps us bring just like, you know, I mean, I do lots of things to do to heal. Um, uh, I chant for instance, is one of the things I I do uh, because sometimes sound wants to come through um, sometimes uh, uh, art wants to come through too, and I don't think that we recognize that it doesn't have to be a product. It just can be an expression. So beautiful, so beautiful. I think it was Natalie Goldberg who said, and I'm not sure it was Natalie Goldberg, but, but it may have been. Um, she said, when you're trying to write and you can't find the words, start by writing a grocery list. So anyone can draw three circles to make a grief mandala, right? And then this can begin the process and go on to become something bigger and better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be better. It just has to be, um, you just have to embrace something to do. Um, And yeah, uh, but mandalas, I think, I mean, I do lots of classes on mandalas and um, mandalas in and of themselves are such a healing thing in its most basic form, the mandala is a circle, a circle. Right. So, uh, and there is the center point, which is our point of entry. And so our center point here was this thread that we've pulled. It can be anything. It can be an intention. It, but creating mandalas to me, because you're held in the circle as well, it, it expresses your unity. And I mean, that's why we're feeling grief because we are in unity with people. And so when they 
quote, disappear from our lives or when something happens that doesn't feel good, we feel not in unity. So I think that the mandala in particular, the circle, brings us back into that space and allows us to boost our own um, uh, strength in that moment. Because also I think often grief feels like some kind, sometimes disempowerment. For me, anyway, that's how I... But I also know that you have to hold it gently and you have to honor where you are. And it's a, it's a long process. And, um, and you just for me, it's about allowing whatever I'm feeling and expecting and, and allowing also others that may be around you to have their own feelings, um, but without having to take them on. Exactly. And the circle also reminds us that there's no beginning and no end. And grief is sort of like that. Some people get attached to grief because they feel without grief, who am I? I lose my connection with the person who died or who left me. And so this reminds us that grief becomes a part of us, just like this mandala, just like the circle. It remains a part of who we are. And we can keep exploring and uncovering layers of it. And as we do that, we grow more. We become more open. We become the fuller, fuller and fullest expression of who we are. Yes. So that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going through my personal grief loss journey, when my mother died in '09, I couldn't write for the first couple of months. I felt completely disengaged and disconnected with my creativity. But ultimately, the words flowed back and they sort of helped me find my way back home. So some people find themselves stuck in that place. What are some ways in which we can rekindle that creative flame when we find ourselves stuck in the space of loss? Well, as I said, I mean, I think that the really scribbling is a really powerful tool to, to get unblocked. Um, the other thing that I have used, um, and I use this not just for um, getting stuck in, in grief, but it, it works really well there too, is uh, creating a mask. Now, this type of mask, you're not creating something to mask things. You're, you're creating something um, with images and what I do is I save um, the bottom of pizza because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's a circle and I often use these in my classes. And so you're, you just use scissors and this is great for people who have a real phobia of drawing. You're using scissors, you're using colored paper or magazines or, you know, images and words out of the magazines and you can create a face if you wish or you can create more of an abstract. But the idea is that you're bringing this in to bring the power and the attributes you think will help you heal. So in this moment, what do I need? What would help me uh, express my healing in a way that feels powerful and right for me? So for instance, um, this wasn't um, grief, but this I love this um, kid in grade four. I gave them this assignment and this kid was really, really nervous about learning to swim. He had no swimmers in his family. And so 
he made this mask of a killer whale. And I was like, oh. I love you, guy. I, I mean, here's a four-year-old. He knows and he knew that he was not only, gather, you know, he wasn't carrying just his fear. He was carrying the fear of his family, mm. right? And so he empowered himself by making this mask that would allow him to move forward. So here's the, here's the thing. You make this mask that allows you to move forward with your grief. Not mask it, but work, have, find the strength. Because also part of what I felt um, was that, oh my goodness, I, you know, I don't know if I could do this alone. I felt, I felt really worried that I wouldn't have the strength. And so this is a, a lovely thing because, again, you put that up by your desk or by your bedside table um, and put a little popsicle stick on it so you can hold it in front of your face. And, like, you don't need to cut eye holes out or anything. You're, you just use the scissors to cut and make yourself uh, whatever that is. Is, you know, maybe it's one of your favorite um, deities that you bring that energy in or um, some of your ancestral lineage or a shamanic power or whatever it is, but it really, it can be a lovely, powerful exercise. Mm, beautiful. So Christine, as we wrap up, I'm wondering if you have any specific stories to share about, I know, I know you just spoke about the four-year-old, um, or was it a fourth grader? Fourth, fourth grader. Yeah. 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 Um, how creativity helped someone, maybe an adult who was struggling through some confusion or grief or a, at a difficult point in their life? Would you be able to share a specific story? Um, I don't feel exactly comfortable sharing a specific story, but what I can say generally is um, many of the people who come to my classes, my live classes, I do a six-week um, program, um, really are dealing with the grief of not having been creative for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Many of them have been shut down. Um, they heard early on, um, you know, maybe they weren't good or they weren't good enough. Um, and so they shut down. So I see a lot of people working through by using mark making, by using art making, by painting, by we do a lot of different things, paint, draw, um, sculpt, whatever comes up by print. Um, I kind of bring in a lot of different modalities, but I see people working through this and I think that is a huge healing uh, and I see the power of it. And, um, and I know that at, in the same way that uh, when I was a kid uh, in kindergarten, I got a crow stamp on my singing. And so a huge piece of me was shut down and, mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't until um, years, like not uh, 15 years ago or so, I started doing Kundalini yoga. And when they started to sing the mantras, I, I was crying and crying and crying. Because I was like, I can yeah. sing. I can sing. It's okay. <laughs> um, and that was a huge part of me. And I felt like so sad in a way that I hadn't expressed that. So that's kind of what I see with people. Um, uh you know, I got more positive feedback about my art as a kid, but I certainly didn't get any feedback that I should do that for a living. <laughs> mm, interesting. So, so I think we all have these things to heal. And um, in, in, 
to express yourself holistically, mm -hmm. I think that art making or mark making, because it doesn't sound as scary, um, is something that we need to embrace. It's really like reclaiming lost parts of ourselves. And in oh. some ways, grief is sort of that journey too. You lose pieces of yourself and on the yeah. journey to healing, you begin to reclaim and put back this new mosaic, I like to call it, of who you have become through this experience of loss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was delightful, Christine. Thank you so oh, much. thank you. I loved it. And for those of you who want to know more about Christine, her website again is artthatmoves.ca. Make sure you go visit her website. And if you live in her neighborhood or close to her, you can go check out one of her art classes. <laughs> that would be really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So um, I would like to leave you with a little assignment, uh, listeners. I mean, do something. Do one thing this week or in the coming days to rekindle that creative flame within you. It could be a very small baby step. Maybe you just want to go out and buy yourselves a, a set of colors. That could be a, be a beginning as well. Any small action is the baby step that begins the journey. So I really encourage you to do something to reclaim that creative part of you because it lives inside you. We believe we don't have it, but it definitely lives inside you. Uh, we've just forgotten it. We have abandoned our creative sides, but it is possible to reawaken our creative spirit. So thank you so much. And I will be back next week with another episode of The Grammar of Grief. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to The Grammar of Grief with Uma Girish. If you enjoyed the program, please leave a review and rating on iTunes. Connect with Uma at www.umagirish.com. That's U-M-A-G-I-R-I-S-H.com for grief guidance and inspiration.